Thank you, ma'am. So, hi, Ria. Thank you for taking time out. Thank you for being here. It's always fun to have conversations. And I think it'll be interesting for our listeners to know that this is actually the first time we've had a conversation face-to-face. -face. Like, <laughs> I think everything else has been entirely on Slack before this, right? Yes, I think that's true. And um, thank you for having me, firstly. I'm very excited to be a part of this. Um, and um, yeah, this is our first face-to-face -face even, I think. Yeah, like over this, yeah, we've never, we've never, only Slack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing about work from home, right? Or remote work is that so much conversation is on Slack anyway, or like yeah. on a text message platform anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to have like actual face-to-face -face conversations. And, and I know the team generally pushes the idea of like camera on Tuesdays. And at least on marketing, we're very well behaved about it. I don't know about <laughs> the other teams. It's like, it depends. Like sometimes if people are in a mood, it'll go on. Usually when you're in like a larger conversation with like 15 people, it's not, not everyone goes on. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think that's, that's just uh, specific to whatever, whoever is, um, you know, at that point, wherever they are. So yeah. um, I think that, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think that that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it's very context specific. Yeah. But You've been here about two months, right? I think you're one of our newer joinees. Yes, I have been here for two months. I am head of the new product that we're trying to launch. Um, and uh, even though I've been here for two months, um, like even for you and me right now, it doesn't feel like, um, you know, I've, I've not known you longer. And, you know, even though we've had a couple of conversations, it's very comfortable. I feel like Zeppe has really like made me feel really comfortable oh, yeah. um, at every point like I could reach out to anyone and like people come to me and like set up uh, you know calls and meetings to just introduce themselves and that's really nice like even though I started in this uh, lockdown situation um, I don't feel like I don't know anyone and I'm new here now I feel pretty much integrated into the team so that's nice 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 very cool but general curiosity question as head of product what does your typical day look like in these last two months and of course I respect that there's some secret stuff that you can't tell us but broad strokes so every day is kind of different but the same so the con I'll, I'll set the context so um there's lots of brainstorming because I'm starting new and we're building a fresh product um there's lots of brainstorming uh product conceptualization uh, you know meeting with a lot of teams trying to understand what is currently happening and how we can improve that um so there's a lot of coordination discussion brainstorming that happens with different different teams um and at the same time I think there is a level of um like independent research work also that I'm doing, trying to see what is out there, uh, trying to, uh, there are a lot of user interviews as well that we've started this focus group where we're talking to uh, internal Zappi users as well who use, who are in the crypto space as well as externally, um, trying to understand their needs and their issues in the space, you know, what worries them, what encourages them, what motivates them, and trying to really put myself in those user shoes and um, this we do through like, you know, focus group studies and user interviews. So it's uh, right now, it's a lot of that. Uh, going forward, uh, we would move a lot into like the execution space and development space. Uh, so right now it's a lot of meetings, discussions, um, understanding, researching uh, that right now in the past few months. 
but no every day is different because like i feel like when i when i start off my day it's like oh great today my calendar is empty and then i'm like okay i'll give some time to research and then um, one hour blocked another hour blocked something or the other keeps coming up and i don't have any space left so i feel that it's just very different and uh, every day is different no i think i think it's a universal thing across teams that the the less the less full your calendar looks the more actual work you're doing like that means those are your busiest days <laughs> yeah, exactly i think we should have like a no meeting wednesdays like you know how we have no camera tuesdays we should have a no meeting wednesdays or something where we can just focus and just do whatever we're supposed to do to catch up on our work rather than just attend meetings i mean not to not to spill too many marketing secrets but you yeah. have we have something similar not quite that, uh, I, I think we need that'll, to that will come after th- month 3 like then you'll be like the inner circle to learn all of these secrets okay i i think i need to get involved with this and tech and product too no come come say hi we're, we're nice people <laughs> but i think sort of given the idea that you're talking to a lot of our customers or to a lot of people in the crypto space what do you think has been your most surprising learning from these conversations it's a little bit of secret in that because <laughs> that's what's going to feature in our product uh, what we realized is uh, especially when it comes to the india market um we have um, it's it's pretty much a uh, there is no one type of user everyone has a different experience with crypto you know it's not just like you're a basic user or a new user and you're a pro user it's not as simple as that people have different levels of experience um and that's what we want to try to understand and then cater to them the best so we don't want to put you into a basic user bucket or a pro user bucket we want to be able to understand who you are and give you the features and functionalities that you need at that point in your journey it could be that you know you progress to maybe from a basic user towards a pro user but you're not there yet uh, so how can we support you with that that's one interesting thing that we come across no that makes sense i think i think there are a lot of very widespread assumptions about how people are trading crypto especially in india but generally across the board as well and it's nice to see that you know that there is more nuance to it that we're yeah. drilling down into yeah so, it's not that simple it's pretty complex it the solution might be simple but the challenge is in understanding the problem and that's where the complexity comes in so once you understand what the problem is or what needs to be done we can translate that very easily into product makes sense makes sense moving forward so then now that you sort of spent two months at zepay and i'm sure that's been great but what about your journey before then like was were you interested or aware or investing in crypto before that or was it just an academic sort of thing okay cool so i'll divide this answer into two parts one about the investing crypto and the first part about my journey uh so i started my career at jb morgan um which is a bank i was in the uk i worked in london and glasgow i was their business analyst slash product manager so like this was about 9 years ago that's when i started my first job um and it was in the fintech space and you know now we're here again for round circle um but um at that point i was with them for about 3 and a half years um and i decided that i did not want to uh make my expertise in a particular industry i wanted my expertise to be around product 
like product strategy, user strategy, uh, product, uh, you know, roadmaps, vision, trying to figure out, uh, build and conceptualize products. Uh, so I decided to quit then and basically started up on my by myself into like freelance consulting roles across different products. So it was with corporates, with startups, like mid-level startups, different areas and industries. I got a chance to work on products in real estate, um, beauty space, pharmaceutical, healthcare, like all different areas, uh, but really uh, product and user strategy. So it doesn't matter what the industry is or what the product is. Uh, I like to I liked to put myself in the user's shoes, try to understand what they want, and then convert that into you know product. So it's just about what the business goal is and what your users want, and trying to really merge the two. So I wanted to build my experience in this. Um, and that's why I uh, took up a couple of, at least early on in my career, I didn't want to stick to one industry. I wanted to work across industries on building products. Um, and then finally, um, you know, why Zeppe um, is because, um, so, okay. So in the 1990s, if someone told me that on a click of a button, you would have food at your doorstep. You know, I would not believe it or I would be like, okay, that's really cool. How do I do that? Or I want to be a part of that industry, that, that technology that does it, you know? Yeah. And that time, like Zomato and Swiggy and none of these things were there. Um, so I feel with Zeppe, I got that opportunity, like in the blockchain space, in the crypto space. And it's not just financial, like, you know, over the world, it's going into real estate and medical and different areas. I want to be a part of that industry which what what internet technology was in the 1990s you know it was really slow and it was building up i want to be a part of that in like you know the early adopters kind of a phase so that's where i think zeppe fit in really well and secondly the culture at zeppe i feel like um during my interviews i ha i spoke with um, you know uh, six or seven leadership um, like entire leadership of zeppe and they really, um, it was really like, they were really positive. They had a very uh, different way of interviewing. It was more about finding the, uh, you know, the person and the value and whether they fit in the organization mm -hmm. as opposed to, uh, you know, that you have these skill sets and this is what our checklist is and this is what we need. They know that uh, skills can be built over a, over a period of time, but uh, who, the person is and how they would impact your business and your uh, company that's something they were looking for and I thought that was really great very very kind and um, like I just enjoyed learning about Zeppe through them um, yeah so that's that's my that's been my journey and how I landed up at Zeppe uh, now right yeah no so so many follow-up questions to ask from that so <laughs> I'll I'll take it step by step but First off, I think right off the bat is given your time working with so many different industries in so many different product roles, one immediate question that comes to mind is outside of putting yourself in your customer's shoes, what do you think are the skills that translate immediately? Like, what do you think is always going to stick? Uh, so you mean for the product or? As a product manager. So um, something that, Can you like elaborate a little more on that? Like, I'm okay, to... absolutely. So I think 
to give you an example here with me working as a marketing as a marketing agent for a, an education consulting firm versus now when i'm working in this very bleeding edge fintech role yeah i think the ability to be able to take a complicated concept and yeah. communicate that in as easy a manner as possible without making the reader feel like they're being spoken down to right universally applicable working to word limits universally applicable got okay got like the analogy for that in product right. so okay so one thing i feel is that um one thing that i've learned more, i'm going to like tweak the answer slightly one thing that i've learned is that and that carried on throughout is that a user does not necessarily know what they want so the right kind of probing um not with like okay do you want this or this more about understanding why they want something it's absolutely essential to be able to crack down on that to be able to get a real answer from them and that's irrespective of industry irrespective of uh, you know who they are b2b users b2c users it doesn't matter uh, the user does not necessarily know what they want and I'd, I'd, I'd add something to that is that because they don't know that it is possible so when you think of, when you think tech when you think um, you know product there is no uh, nothing is impossible we can create like the fanciest of things the most complicated calculations can be simplified there is no restriction in that but a user does not know that so my job as a product uh, you know as someone leading product is to be able to understand that a user might not have the answer and how do i get them how do i understand their mind space to be able to get uh, enough feedback from them that this is a requirement and then put it into the product so it's about identifying let's say the root cause as opposed to symptoms exactly yes the why part of it like why would someone want this and we just try to go down that that road of why but why but why and then you get to know that okay this is the core reason of why they want that nice nice makes absolute sense right and i think that's the beauty of it that a lot of these ideas are so intuitive once you say them out loud exactly so to be able to say them out loud i think takes so much time just building exposure and experience and repetition through it and i think that also came through my experience right that is not something that i was doing on day one um, you know when i was a product manager and that's what i was doing it it didn't come back then it came over a period of time and that's something that i came to the realization that okay this is how it is yeah no absolutely and i think i want to i want to revisit the comparison you made of blockchain crypto with the early 90s internet because it's it's actually funny you mentioned because that's a very similar comparison that led me to zeppe okay nice. where the work we do could potentially influence ma- a massive change not in the country but just the world at large and what's really interesting is that a lot of the conversations we have involve a lot of reminding people that blockchain's only been around since 2009 we've been using gold since before like, you know back in the prehistory bc days so like i think it's just a it's just a marker of how much of an impact it can be making given that we're already seeing such massive waves and it's only like it's a it's a toddler in exactly. a exactly so speaking of gold um my dad was like you know he was not so actually in 2017 i invested in bitcoin through zepic 
Little did I know that, you know, three, four years nice. later, I'll be heading their product. Uh, but yeah, in 2017, I uh, I invested back then. Um, and it was it was pretty much like, like my dad would not understand it because he's been in the like the gold um, gold generation where you know investing in gold is everything and he's like oh what is this like how is it a digital thing where will it be stored and you know all of these things so I had to like really fight and like try to explain to him that like, I'm doing this please get on board um, and you know back then I yeah. so that is why that you mentioned gold I just remembered my dad and how like that generation and our younger generation is like so vastly have such vastly different opinions on bitcoin versus gold oh definitely and i think that's just something that's going to change more and more as we see sort of the bitcoin generation grow up and become more financially independent but it's it's funny you mentioned getting your dad on board because i think for me my my milestone for being like a gold standard marketer at least in the blockchain space, is when I can explain to my mom exactly what it is I do and for her to get it without any sort of confused looks or being like, oh, yes, that's that's nice. He, he's not, my dad is not completely on board. Even today for the past like three, four years because I have, I'm a hodler and I've just left, bought and just left it there. Yep. So um, I get WhatsApp messages like every every time Bitcoin is in the news anywhere in the world, First, it comes from my dad and saying that, look, I told you not to invest. <laughs> like, no, I, I've just learned to ignore it now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to. I get it. And, and that's, I think that is something that, you know, is a challenge that our industry faces that there's so much, there's so many question marks around what it is that we do. And then every time it comes in the news, because, you know, some scamster has asked for his ransom in Bitcoin. Yeah. Everybody's suddenly being like, hmm. This is bad. <laughs> I think yeah. that's why legislation becomes so important. Yeah. But moving on, I think so. You so you've been an investor since 2017. So that I think that's that's a bragging right in and of itself, right? <laughs> yeah, I use that to wiggle my way into Zebpay. Oh, <laughs> I told everybody that exactly. I used Zebpay back then when you know not many people even knew about it. Oh no, that I, I for me that was that was saying that Dogecoin was a was a token I had my eye on when I interviewed, and okay. I look really smart now. <laughs> Which I did for a for a few months while its price was like pumping a little bit. Yeah, no, that's not. But I think coming back to sort of the nature of the blockchain industry, and we mentioned this a little bit in our pre-interview chat. Yeah. Ridiculously male-dominated. And I think you could say that not just for blockchain, but if you expand that definition into fintech and if you expand the fintech definition to tech at large, why do you think that is? And yeah, let's start there. So I have not, um, I have always, irrespective of whatever job or wherever I am, I've let my work speak for myself, right? Like I go in and I agree that um, I've not faced a lot of, you know, uh, issues when it comes to like male or women. Uh, but I have seen that even, even when I was in my high school and when I was in college, it was a 27 is to one ratio, man is to, female is to male, right? Like 
just one. I was like between two of the 50 people that were there. Same thing in my engineering degree. So I don't think, um, it, I think it goes back all the way to school days. And like at that point, like when a child is younger, they need to be encouraged, like a female child, they need to be encouraged into like the engineering or technology space. And not like, because see, if you think of um, what, what I had in college and what I had in high school, that kind of ratio is maintained in the job as well. So the, it's, it's not about uh, from college, to school, college to job. It is more at the step before getting into engineering. You know, I feel the challenge is there that not a lot of women are um, for, and I don't know what the reason is, like, are they, scared or are they uh, intimidated or what is the reason that not many women at that point decide to take a jump into engineering so I feel that is the issue and that has just translated over as as you progress in your career over into the job and that makes sense right because I think and, and going back to sort of my experience entering into sort of the plus two stage of my of my schooling Engineering was always seen as, low, or, or not even engineering, science. Science was taken as, oh, the smart boys take science and the not as smart boys take commerce. And if you have like a very, and like arts is for the girls. And I remember just being like, but but I want to study those subjects. And it, it led to a very long and hard conversation about, okay, wait, no, it's it's more about interest. Yes. And I think, I think that sort of, applies in the reverse where there's not necessarily enough encouragement I think for want of a better word exactly so uh, and and that's where I think that Zeppe is uh like they hire based on talent like <laughs> right if you whether let's say I had the exact same skill set and I was a man or I'm a woman it wouldn't matter it's the skill set that they're looking at and that is how uh, the company should be right they should be looking at your skill set and how you fit in with our culture in fact I feel that for product um, empathy is an extremely extremely important uh, uh, you know factor when it comes to because you have to empathize with the user you need to understand now again I'm not saying that women are more empathetic than men uh, but I feel that that is something that I relate to a lot uh, because I'm working closely with a lot of users and that gets added into my skill set as well. So right. it's irrespective of whether you're a man or a woman, it should be like based on your skills and what you can offer to the company or to the product. Right, right. So product management. Again, like I said, um, generally very curious about the space, given that I think as a marketer, we've interacted with our product management team as one of, let's say, their stakeholders. But I'm curious about, let's say, what the other, what your experience has been like on the other side of the table. So, um, when it comes to, uh, like, I have, like I mentioned, like I've worked on several projects when it comes to, you know, uh, products and um, different companies and different startups. Um, one thing that you know I've had to do. Uh, is consi consistently prove myself to every new project that I go. Um, you know, I have to uh, kind of prove myself using my past experience or, uh, you know, trying to convince the new project that I'm picking on that this is something that I can do. Um, 
I don't know whether that is, you know, related to being a women product manager or whether it's just a product manager. Uh, you know, I'm trying to prove myself as a product manager. I don't know where or what the reason is, but I have faced like a couple of um, times where I had to consistently like keep proving myself to the same person over and over until I actually get that project. And once I have it, it's, it's you know, very smooth sailing from there because um, we work together and the product delivered at the end is great. But the initial challenge of like getting myself there to, you know, lead that product, I've, I've had uh, challenges in that space. And when you, let's, if with your permission, I'd like to dig a little deeper into that. When you say prove yourself, is it that you have to sort of talk back to past experiences and say, you know, this is what we did in a similar field and this is how we solved for it? Or is it in another way that you've proved your... Two ways. So one, like obviously the initial conversations were around what I have done and, you know, demonstrating some of my past work um, and the deliverables of that. Um, But a lot of times I've also had to pitch like what my plan is with your product without being on the project mm-hmm. um, I've had to like spend a couple of days assessing their problem statement and you know making recommendations to them which they get to keep uh, and I don't know whether what they do with them but if I don't get the project if I do get the project I continue working on it um, so prove myself as in like um, not just like a basic interview but like put in like maybe make a case study around so I I actually did that for a couple of you know projects that I have worked on to show that you know this is what I can do Um, so and I've always got a better response once I have sent across a case study on their problem statement I've just done my own research and said you know these are the suggestions I'm making this is your target audience this is what we we all should be doing and that is that is what I mean by you know it's not just a straightforward interview process but like I have to put in a little more effort to say that you know I can do this job makes sense makes sense and I think that applies across the board yeah correct 